One in four people surveyed by Bankrate.com say they're literally losing sleep because of worries that they might not have saved enough to retire. If you're ready to get serious about planning for the future, you can start by listening to Retire Texas Style with host Steve Hoyle of the Hoyle Financial Group. Tune in Sunday afternoons at 3 and Tuesday evenings at 6 right here on News Radio KLBJ. And don't forget to visit Steve online at RetireTexasStyle.com. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. That's right. It is 532 here on the Tuesday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. And yeah, you can join us anytime you want at 512-836-0590. Yeah, we begin with the big stories. Several conservatives agree with Senator J.D. Vance's memo that circulated early Monday that there's a hidden clause in the National Security Supplemental Bill that he believes could be grounds to impeach the former president, Donald Trump, from office if elected to office later this year. Vance sent a memo to GOP lawmakers highlighting the bill, which would send billions of dollars in federal aid to Ukraine and assures the delivery of the funding through September of 2025. Trump, however, has vowed to end the war with Ukraine in Russia for within the first 24 hours of office. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is trying to stop the votes because we don't have the money. Open the champagne, pop the cork. The Senate Democrat leader and the Republican leader are on their way to Kiev. They've got $60 billion they're bringing. I don't know if it'll be cash and pallets, but they're taking your money to Kiev. The foreign aid package Paul is trying to slow down includes $60 billion to support Ukraine in its fight against Russia, $14.1 billion in security assistance for Israel, $9.2 billion in humanitarian assistance for civilians in Gaza, and $4.8 billion to support regional partners in the Indo-Pacific region, among other provisions. Lawmakers are moving forward with this foreign aid bill after Republicans blocked a broader bill that would have combine the foreign aid with a bipartisan border deal. Paul has previously accused Senate leadership, both Mitch McConnell and Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, of criminal neglect for prioritizing Ukraine aid over fixing the U.S. southern border. Mark my words, this $100 billion will add to that problem, and I think is absolutely an utter mistake and insult to every American that we ignore the invasion at our southern border in order to send money overseas. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump posting on his Truth Social over the weekend that the U.S. should consider loaning Ukraine money, not giving it to them, saying the United States of America should be stupid no longer. I'm Pamela Furr. The U.S. House will try to impeach a cabinet secretary again. It'll be round two for House Republicans trying to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, but this time they'll have some backup. Majority Leader Steve Scalise will be back on the Hill after receiving cancer treatments in Louisiana. His one vote could be enough to sway the results. After Republicans failed to flip three Republicans last time, causing the impeachment effort to fail. Mayorkas is accused of not following the law and misleading the public by telling Congress the border is secure. Democrats call it a sham impeachment and have accused Republicans of not providing DHS with the resources it needs. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. There's a group of environmentalists in Texas. They're concerned about the ecological impact of the state's military on the Rio Grande River at Eagle Pass. They removed a lot of vegetation um, when they put those containers, those empty train containers, 
along the bank, and so a ton of erosion has already happened. Last summer, the state placed 1,000-foot border buoys in the river. Dr. Adriana Martinez from Eagle Pass is a river expert. She says they also leveled three or four islands in the river without getting permission from the Army Corps of Engineers or Mexico. And she says removing vegetation from the islands exposed sediment. And so anytime water flows over the islands, that means that the sediment gets turned up into the water. And that's our drinking water source. And sediment tends to harbor a lot of pollutants in it. She says more sediment was introduced because of dredging in the river and the placement of cement blocks. And she adds a lot of vegetation was removed when the state put empty train containers along the bank. And that's led to erosion as well. Barbara Schwartz, TSN News. It is 536. There may be some progress in the talks to release Israeli hostages held by Hamas. Reporter Karen Schutz has that story. As the King and I discussed today, the United States is working on a hostage deal between Israel and Hamas, which would bring an immediate and sustained period of calm to Gaza for at least six weeks which we could then take the time to build something more enduring. Israeli forces have rescued two hostages in a dramatic Gaza raid that killed well over 60 Palestinians, including women and children. Israeli airstrikes pummel the southern Gaza city of Rafah as they assist Israeli soldiers in extracting two hostages from a nearby apartment. This is a small but symbolically significant accomplishment for the army. The plight of the hostages has captured the Israeli public's attention through more than four months of war. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is touting this rescue as an important breakthrough. Dozens of Palestinians were killed in the operation. The two hostages, who are of both Israeli and Argentinian nationality, were airlifted back to Israel. The hostages, aged 60 and 70, were held captive in harsh conditions. They were intentionally held in the middle of a civilian neighborhood, inside a civilian building, to try and prevent us from rescuing them, but we did. IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari said, Fernando Marman and Luis Har are now home in Israel. They have undergone medical examination and have been reunited with their families. Meanwhile, in Rafah, Palestinians mourned the dozens of loved ones lost from the strikes as they gathered by the bodies lying on the floor covered in blood-stained shrouds. I'm Karen Chamas. It is 5.38 here at KLBJ. By the time that Janice Morano, a.k.a. Jeffrey Escalante, walked into the Lakewood Church in Houston Sunday afternoon and opened fire, she had already left a trail of police encounters, court records, and social media posts that should have been red flags. Moreno, 36, was first arrested on a misdemeanor charge back in 2005. And over the next 19 years, she had semi-regular contact with law enforcement. The charges range from forgery to assault to a theft. Her latest arrest before the shooting was in 2022 by the Katy Police Department. Court records show officers found two weapons in her car during a traffic stop, and she served two days in jail, and authorities destroyed the guns. Now, while her criminal charges came out and came and went, on the civil side, records would show that Moreno has a long history dealing with mental illness. Marino's husband painted a troubled picture in a divorce records obtained by ABC News 13 out of Houston. It happened just before 2 p.m. Sunday as a Spanish language service was about to begin in the Houston megachurch. 
In audio from a cell phone video, you can hear several shots being fired from the hall just outside the sanctuary. Commander Chris Hassick with the Houston PD Homicide Division says 36-year-old Genesee Moreno arrived at the church with her 7-year-old son and two rifles. She confronts with the son and the rifles a security guard doesn't shoot him, but begins to open fire as she enters the hallway, again, with her seven-year-old in tow. Multiple rounds are fired by her, at which point Officer Moreno of the Houston Police Department, working an approved extra job at the location, as well as TABC Agent Herrera, return fire. He says HPD Officer Moreno and Texas Alcohol and Beverage Control Agent Herrera confronted the shooter just minutes after she began shooting with an AR-style rifle, and they returned fire. She eventually falls to the ground. The seven-year-old child it falls to the ground as well from gunfire. One uh, gunshot wound to the head. The shooter is pronounced dead. The child is rushed to the hospital where, at the filing of this report, is in critical condition. The investigation so far has found the shooter had a history of mental illness, went by several aliases, and was even placed under emergency detention in 2016. The question is, how does someone with an extensive history of mental illness, and some reports say even a weapons charge, legally purchase two rifles? FBI Special Agent Doug Williams. How she got the weapon, why she did this, uh, we're not there yet. As to why, the motive, they do have some possible leads, although confusing, including on the buttstock of the rifle was a sticker that read Palestine, and they found some anti-Semitic writings at her home. Commander Hasek says the only thing they can say with some certainty is... She acted alone. We do believe this was what we term a, a, a lone wolf, lone suspect situation. We do not believe this is part of a larger nexus. She is not part of a larger group. The investigation continues. I'm Jim Roop. It is 541. The state's chief accountant has a warning for people getting emails that claim to be coming from his office. The office for state controller Glenn Hanker did send a mass email warning about criminals impersonating his office. At M3 Networks in South Lake, President Michael Morris has it landed in his inbox, too. I don't think that people are taking it very seriously. They're like, ah, you know, just a dumb email from the state. But this is a real deal. So he says if you do get the scammer's email, don't click on the link or call the number listed. The money that you intended to send to the controller's office whether it be $10,000 or $10 million, if you send to the bad guy, that money is never coming back. Instead, he says if you get an email claiming to come from the controller or another state agency, go online, look up the number yourself, and contact the agency directly. That is newsman Alan Skaya reporting. 5.50 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, the nation's high courts of the land is weighing former President Donald Trump's political future. Democracy 24. Colorado officials admit this is an unprecedented situation, with the Secretary of State's office doing what it can to keep former President Trump off the state's primary ballot this year. During oral arguments, most of the justices appeared skeptical with the effort to ban Trump under the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause, even questioning if they agreed with the decision how there could be sweeping consequences for November. Only Justice Sonia Sotomayor sounded like she might vote to uphold the Colorado Supreme Court ruling, a definitive ruling for Trump would largely end efforts in Colorado, Maine, and elsewhere to prevent his name from appearing on a ballot. Just minutes after arguments wrapped up, we heard from the former president in Florida. You have millions of people that are out there wanting to vote, and they happen to want to vote for me or the Republican Party, or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it. 
but I'm the one running and we are leading in every poll. A decision from the high court is expected to take several days, if not weeks. At the Supreme Court, Mark Meredith, Fox News. It is 5.51, and with a look at Tuesday business, here's reporter Jessica Edinger. Wall Street opens this morning after a mixed day for stocks yesterday. The Dow opens at a record high on this fat Tuesday Mardi Gras. Some investors say the bull market can keep running. Uh, it should, um, for all intents and purposes, last at least through the end of the quarter, and that's a minimum. Um, and if we have the continuation of some of the internals that we look at, then I think you extend on beyond that. But um, we should be money good between now and uh and the end of the first quarter. Renaissance Macro's Jeff DeGraff on CNBC. Bitcoin, look at that, extending its gains, breaking through the $50,000 level. Investors are waiting for a big number this morning, the latest on inflation. It comes at 8.30 Eastern with the January Consumer Price Index. Arm shares jumped another 25% yesterday as the post-earnings rally for that stock extends to a second week. Diamondback Energy buying rival Endeavor Energy in a $26 billion mega shale deal. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos selling off some of his Amazon stock for the first time in more than two years. Some investors are watching closely, wondering if it's a sign. Maybe something, maybe nothing. To be clear, there are many reasons why insiders sell stock in their companies. Diversification, personal finance needs. It is not necessarily an indication at the top, but it is interesting to note that the last time we saw Bezos in particular sell significant shares in Amazon, that was in 2021, just ahead of that 2022 downturn. The Nasdaq fell more than 30%. What we learned back then is it's important to pay attention. If you look back to 2021, all those share sales preceded a pretty terrible year for all the mega caps and big tech at large. CNBC's Deirdre Bosa. Hershey shares were lower. Cocoa prices hit a record high. Bad weather in West Africa is being blamed. Hershey's warned on profits for this year. You know, after a strong holiday shopping season, consumers did take a little breather. Very slight last month. So far, nobody's worried that a recession is looming. The CNBC NRF retail monitor, we use credit card data from Affinity Solutions, registering a modest decline in January. Retail sales, ex-auto and gas down 0.2%. The January decline, though, follows two strong months right in the heart of the holiday season. So that was good. But it could challenge some of the GDP forecasts for this quarter of around 3%, especially if that weakness is repeated in February. CNBC's senior economic economics reporter Steve Leesman. On today's watch list, we get the latest on inflation. As I mentioned, earnings are coming from Coca-Cola, Biogen, Marriott, and Shopify. That is reporter Jessica Edinger. It is 554 with Valentine's Day just around the corner. The Better Business Bureau is warning people not to be tricked by those romance scammers. Fox on set. Failed romance can leave you with a broken heart, and in some cases, it can leave you flat broke. Melanie McGovern with the Better Business Bureau says it is issuing a warning ahead of Valentine's Day about romance scams. It's not just the dating websites. It's anywhere where you have interactions with other people. We've seen them pop up on fitness apps, anywhere there's a social aspect. The Better Business Bureau warns people might be especially vulnerable this time of the year thinking about Valentine's Day and spring coming, and they will go on these apps trying to find someone. Victims can report scammers, but investigators say most people don't get their money back. The best advice, be cautious. It's really important for people to keep their guard up when they're talking to people on the internet. 
not knowing who they are. The BBB scam tracker can be found on their website and shows the phone numbers and email addresses scammers have used to try to help people avoid them in the future. With Fox on Tech, Joy Addison, Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Yeah, 605 here on the Tuesday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. I'm Todd Jeffries. He's Patrick Osborne. Vandy, our producer, is here, of course. And, uh, and yeah, the only missing ingredient is you. And you can jump in anytime you want at 512-836-0590. Well, the uh, Senate has, uh, well, passes the $95.3 billion uh, aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Mm. The House said, uh-uh, we're not going to pass it if it gets this direction. But, uh yeah, it was a late-night vote. Uh, there you go. Jump in at 512-836-0590. How come no border security mentioned in this? How come they're leaving the most important thing out, and that is the border protection of our own uh, borders here in America? Well, clearly they have no concern about their own our their own borders. I mean, you know, it's all Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. Here's a reason why the border is so important here in Texas and across the southern sections of the United States. There's a renewed warning about illegal immigrants on the terror watch list. A Pakistani man on the terror screening database was caught crossing the border, then released by immigration officials. Texas Governor Greg Abbott wonders how many other cases like this have slipped through the cracks. Under Joe Biden's tenure, there's been an all-time record number of people on the terrorist watch list who were apprehended. He says there's more proof as, uh, you know, that's what you need. You need to uh, heighten the security along our border or else, or else bad things can happen. Well, I mean, you know, Abbott's absolutely right. And here's here's one of these things that's just yet another situation where uh, the the people that are tasked with not just keeping the border secure, but going a little bit farther and actually keeping people out who are on the terror watch list. No, 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 no. We'll just release this guy into the ether. Well, they're too busy chasing down people that uh, may have made a purchase of a Bible or maybe even a gun, or maybe they fly the American flag at home. They're too busy chasing those kinds of people. Yeah, worrying, right? about, worrying about parental rights, things like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, chasing them. You know, the real bad guys. Right. <laughs> Listen, Senator J.D. Vance, uh, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, Vivek Ramaswamy, and now Elon Musk of, uh, of X Space, uh, yesterday afternoon and, and last night, uh, I mean, they were pushing hard on social media. Uh, for more than an hour to, uh, you know, slam efforts rushing through tens of millions of dollars in additional funding for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And basically, these men are asking the question, for how long? How long do we continue funding Ukraine with no real goal in mind as to what we're trying to accomplish here? Do you know what we're trying to accomplish in this uh, this effort, well, this it, proxy war against Russia? If you ask Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell, they'll say, we have to stop uh, the second coming of Adolf Hitler, who is... Vladimir Putin because he wants to take all of Europe, and he will if you don't cough up your tax dollars. Well, this discussion occurred before the crucial uh, vote last night, a procedural vote for the foreign aid package. Sixty senators needed to uh, to vote on cloture and to end the debate. They voted on that. Yeah, the trio of senators urged listeners to contact their House members to demand opposition to uh, to this package. Uh, jump in here at 512-836-0590. And uh, is it Jeff in North Austin this morning? Hey, Jeff. Uh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, I just would like to throw in, um, you know, Cornyn's actions are not aligned with what he continues to advocate for and state. You're talking about Senator John Cornyn. Okay. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I've been following him for years, and, you know, I watched him talk about Texas values when he campaigned, and, you know, he, he, he acted like we weren't, you know, an intelligent constituency by telling us there was nothing odd about the election. But fast-forwarding to this border crisis, I mean, I watched this guy just discuss how he's, you know, concerned about this and that and kind of soft plays the human sex trafficking part. But yet when you see his vote, which is consistent, he, he gets embroiled with these, you know, printing money laundering fiascos in the name of something good. And it's it's it's. Yeah. It's it's disgusting and tragic. I mean, no, I, I'm with you. This guy out. I, I I'm with you 100. Uh, percent Senator John Cornyn never has a real challenger, has he? He's 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 the, no. He is the he is the Democrats' favorite senator from Texas. Yes, sir. And 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 you know, it's people. It's all incumbent upon all of us to really get engaged and you know get out in the primaries and start. Start the noise. We've yeah. got to get people like Cornyn out of the system. Well, uh, listen, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, he was very critical of this uh, this major aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Here's what he had to say last night on the Senate floor. Open the champagne. Pop the cork. The Senate Democrat leader and the Republican leader are on the way to Kiev. They've got $60 billion they're bringing I don't know if it'll be cash and pallets, but they're taking your money to Kiev. The foreign aid package Paul is trying to slow down includes $60 billion to support Ukraine in its fight against Russia, $14.1 billion in security assistance for Israel, $9.2 billion in humanitarian assistance for civilians in Gaza, and $4.8 billion to support regional partners in the Indo-Pacific region, among other provisions. Lawmakers are moving forward with this foreign aid bill after Republicans blocked a broader bill that would have combined the foreign aid with a bipartisan border deal. Paul has previously accused Senate leadership, both Mitch McConnell and Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, of criminal neglect for prioritizing Ukraine aid over fixing the U.S. southern border. Yeah, here is uh, Senator uh, Chuck Schumer just uh, just a few minutes ago. The, the Senate has approved this. With this bill, the Senate declares that American leadership will not waver will not falter, will not fail. Man, okay. I want to see the, uh, the, the photos of, of uh, Schumer in a diaper or whatever Zelensky has of him over mm-hmm. there that, that's, that's making guys like him and all those others just go in full force gale on this Ukraine funding. Ukraine over America. Well, there's, it, it, don't blame just Chuck Schumer. There's, there's a lot of there. There's, there's a lot of people that are uh, continuing to push for funding for Ukraine on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. They've just never explained to us why it's so important to throw our grandchildren's money at this effort. Nobody has. So the Senate has passed more than $90 billion aid package for Ukraine and Israel. Fox reporter Chad Pergram has the very latest. They just approved this in a late-night vote. We don't think that this is going to come up right away in the House of Representatives. House Speaker Mike Johnson sent out a statement last night saying that the status quo from the Senate was unacceptable. He wanted some border provisions attached to this bill. Remember, that was the plan. That was the ask. That was the demand by Republicans when President Biden made this initial request to help out Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan. Mitch McConnell made the decision saying, you know, that's the condition. We need to get border security. So they took this detour into these border talks for several months, and that blew up last week. 
And so some Democrats are saying, we don't know what you're for because you asked for border security. Again, we can argue the merits or demerits of that bill, but they provided that. Yeah, now uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says uh, the package is down to uh, the uh, you know payment for several Western democracies and American values is what he says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rand Paul says that this bill gives uh, just a big old middle finger to the American taxpayer. $60 billion for Ukraine, 14 for Israel, $9 billion for Gaza, so we're funding both sides of that thing, $5 billion for the, the Indo-Pacific region, mainly Taiwan, mm. uh, and zero, zero dollars for the United States of America, the border security. And they said, well, you had your chance with that other bill, and you didn't. But there was nothing secure. Uh, there was no secure border. Mm. In fact, it codified illegal immigration into law. It did, yes. So, so neither of these proposals have been good. Neither of them were aimed at, at, at protecting you, the American. It's all about everybody else. Well, the devil's in the details, right? I guess so, yeah. Several conservatives agree that, uh, well, Senator J.D. Vance's memo that was circulating uh, early yesterday that there was a hidden clause in the National Security Supplemental Bill that believes uh, you know, could be grounds to impeach uh, former President Donald Trump from office if elected to office later this year. Now, Vance sent a memo to uh, G- GOP lawmakers highlighting the bill, which uh, would send billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine, and it assures the delivery of the funding through September 2025. Trump, however, has vowed to end the war in Ukraine within 24 hours of gaining office, uh, which would also end the funding as well. Vance's memo claimed that the uh, the supplemental bill, quotes, represents an attempt by a foreign policy blob or deep state to stop President Trump from pursuing his desired policy, and if he does so anyways, to provide grounds to impeach him and undermine his administration. And he urged Republicans to block the passage. Uh, it was approved uh, just a couple of hours ago. Senator Rand Paul said he supported Vance's memo Monday, arguing the Democrats are setting up for a possible Trump presidential win. And yeah. trying to figure out a way to get rid of him if he does win is what it sounds like. They're yes. terrified of it. Yeah, they're looking in foreign aid, he says, and will even tie those hands for the next president. Uh, Paul, talking with Fox News Digital, he says, quote, So I think it's a terrible idea, but also if the next president were to try to have a different policy, you could see the Democrats again starting an impeachment. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, I think we're going to try to impeach him before he gains office now, and that's exactly what this is, trying to impeach him with this vote for this package before he's even in office. Yeah, they're, they're, and and I, could, I could absolutely see this modern Democrat Party, emphasis on the rat, yeah. uh, doing this kind of thing. Uh, I, I mean, they, I, I think they're, they're, as, they're as aware as the rest of us that Donald Trump, that, that Joe Biden, in a fair Free and fair election that, that Joe Biden stands no chance against Donald Trump. Nobody does. Nikki Haley, Joe Biden, nobody. It is uh, 621, and uh, we're going to be tracking some of the polling numbers this morning on the campaign trail, of course. We've got that. Uh, we'll dive a little. You want to dive into it? You got some right there? I know you had something earlier. Uh, I, well, actually, I, I did I did run across a Rasmussen poll. This was more along the lines of uh, uh, who who is the most respected leader in the United States at the moment. Donald Trump. By a wide margin, 20-point margin over second place, Joe Biden. Now, when you say respected leader in America, you mean what other countries think of our leadership here? Uh, or is it what we think of our leadership Actually, here? no, it's what we think of our leadership oh, Okay, here. It's what it's what American voters think of their, their leadership. Interesting. Donald Trump, 20-point lead over the second place, Joe Biden, followed by Barry Obama. Mm. Uh, and then uh, you got a fourth-place tie. Uh, between Bernie Sanders and Nikki Haley. And then Mitt Romney rounds out the whole list. How about that? I, there's like one guy on that list. Mitt Romney's in there? Yeah. <laughs> the never-Trumper, Mitt Romney. Yeah.
hey, hey, please, please, please. He's entitled to speak. We'll squeeze in Jay, checking in from the Westlake area this morning. Jay, what's on your mind? Hey, I uh, mentioned to you guys last week that uh, the current uh, Democrat Party in the uh, in the Senate and and in Congress, plus rhinos like like some of uh, some of your favorites, John Cornyn, are putting in legislation just like the one that passed this morning. That have poison pills in in them for a Trump presidency, yeah. and that's what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, it's yeah. a new era. That's right, Jay. In American politics. We're impeaching wow. presidents before they're even elected. Listen, uh, we got uh, we got some new information via ABC thirteen out of Houston uh, about this uh, this this individual that went inside the Lakewood Church and opened fire. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time that uh, Janice Morano a.k.a. Uh, Jeffrey Escalante? Escalante. Escalante. Escalante, yes. Is this, was this shooter a man or a woman? See what I, I don't know. I, because, you know, you, you, hear, you hear it described as a woman. Well, we don't know the biological sex of this individual, but we do know that this person was struggling with their gender identity. Living as a woman, at least. Right. Living as a woman and occasionally going as a man's name. So, at the very least, there's some sort of... Uh, confusion in this individual's head right yes, yes. right but i'm honestly i I'm, I'm i'm still trying to figure out if jeffrey escalante is is the is the guy posing trying to live most of his life as a you know transitioned woman quote unquote or it's the other way around mm. see this is where these things get confusing well what it does it just highlights uh you know the uh well the mental state of this individual this person was struggling with a lot of mental health issues. Yes, indeed. Like a lot of like a lot of recent shooters in these mass shootings, right? Well, you know, I mean, we we've started to see that the the trans ideology has become a little bit deadlier uh, in in the last year or so. They're a violent group. Mm. Anyway, uh, Moreno, uh, thirty six, was uh, first arrested on a misdemeanor charge back in two thousand five, and over the next eighteen years, uh, well, she had a, kind of a regular contact with law enforcement. Charges range from forgery to assault to theft. Her latest was before before the church shooting was uh, back in 2022. Uh, the Katy Police Department arrested her. Court documents show that she had a couple of weapons in her car and wasn't supposed to. She served a couple of days in jail, authority, uh, and authorities destroyed the guns. ABC 13 confirmed that she could uh, legally obtain at least one gun in December of 2023. I guess it was that long rifle. Yeah. Yeah, the one that had Free Palestine written on That's it. That's right. It had a, some sort of sticker or some kind of etching on it that says uh, Free Palestine. And yet somehow they, they still over there say uh, a motive behind the shooting has not been determined. We'll figure it well, out. It's pretty ob- easy. Well, there obviously there's some, uh, some anti-Semitic uh, thoughts here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, while her criminal charges came and went on the civil side, the records show uh, that Marino has a long history of dealing with mental illness. Marino's husband painted a troubling picture in, a, in divorce records obtained by ABC 13 in Harrison and Montgomery counties. And, uh, and yeah, uh, Enrique Carazana wrote that he and Marino met in 2015 when both worked at the Spaghetti Warehouse in downtown Houston. And apparently she became abusive soon after they married. Uh, Carreza said in uh, court documents referring to his wife as Jeffrey. The husband referred to his wife as Jeffrey. So, I'm so confused. Jeffrey <laughs> is diagnosed with schizophrenic, he says. So daily it was a little battle or a fight uh, in, in her realm, according to court documents. Huh. Marito and Jeffrey, all one person right there. That's just, it, there, it, there's like, it's like a Norman Bates sort of thing going on here. You know, uh, I, I just, I, clearly this was one of these people. There were, there were 
a, a ton of red flags. You know, oh, uh, yeah. prior arrest for assault and forgery and and, and uh, drug possession, theft, evading, unlawful carrying of a weapon, all these things. Uh, they knew who this uh, Jeffrey was, you know. And, and oh, no doubt. So, probably yet another shooting that could have been avoided had somebody actually taken action uh, to try to prevent this person from being out in society. Six thirty-two here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you could jump in here at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. I bet uh, City Councilman Ryan Alter was giddy yesterday. I bet he was running through the halls at City Hall celebrating the free money that's come his way. He's excited about the free money that he got yesterday. Yeah, one million dollars in grant money from the Environmental Protection Agency. Would somebody in Ryan Alter's office please educate the young man on economics and? Let him know that that's our money as well. That's federal dollars or tax dollars. It's not free money, Ryan. Yeah, he was overheard at City Hall yesterday uh, basically saying, hey, we got uh, we got a million dollars in free money. How about that? Yeah. Well, the city of Austin has received a $1 million grant from the Environmental Protection Agency that will fund climate action plans for Central Texas. Climate action plans for Central Texas. Yeah, the grant was announced Monday morning at City Hall. Members of the city council were there. Some federal lawmakers gathered to celebrate the award. You know, the big grant money. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Ryan Alter says the city will use these funds to complete the Priority Climate Action Plan by March the 1st. Woo! Yeah, the Comprehensive Climate Action Plan by fall of 2025 and final status reports by fall of 2027. Why do you need a million dollars for a group of city officials to get together to talk about their climate agenda? Well, you know, we got to save the world, right? I mean, they, they think it's all going to happen here. Uh, and so they think this million dollars is going to allow them to better coordinate with with the surrounding communities. Hayes County, Bastrop County. What does Williamson that mean to better County. coordinate? Oh, you know, if for, for their climate mitigation strategies. Now, specifically what that may look like, who knows, man? They're, they're, it's, it's just a grift is all it is. Well, they say that temporary staffers are being uh, are being hired to form the project management team that will create quarterly reports, conduct technical analysis, and work with relevant consultants. See, none of that makes... What are of, they going to do? None of that says what anything. What are they going to do? They're going to consult. They're going to talk. They're going to get in front of podiums every once in a while, pat themselves on the back saying, hey, look, we spent more money here's another to, report. Sa- to save the planet. Here's another report that here's, shows we have carbon problems. Here's another report, and here's some more data. Yeah. And, 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 and they're creating spreadsheets. Look at us. We're working hard to save the planet. Well, this new plans, uh, the new plans are intended to uh, to complement Austin's climate equity plan and the Travis County climate action plan. Sounds like money laundering to me. Mayor Kirk <laughs> Watson said the city will work with communities across the five county region to address climate issues such as extreme heat. Mm. Now, what the hell are you going to do, Mayor, about the heat? Yeah, uh, got a couple of I, I, I yanked a couple of sound bites from Greg Kassar, who who was there, and he's talking about in one of them about how the days get the summers are hotter and hotter and the winters are colder and colder. Well, what are you going to do about the heat? <laughs> They're going to spend a million I, dollar grant to all save I, it. All you all I hear you doing is you want to control our thermostats mm. during the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many of us were working as elected officials carrying moldy furniture out of people's homes in East Austin that had been flooded. I've been too many times in the emergency operations center watching wildfires start slowly approaching our homes and our community. And so it is on us not just to respond, 
but to prevent that from getting worse and worse and worse. All right, there you go. This million-dollar grant's going to prevent all of that from happening. Way to go, Greg. Can you really get inspired with that voice? I mean, really, is, is that an inspiring voice? It's about the Biden administration recognizing we can work together with our mayor and with our council members to be more resilient as the summers get hotter and the winters get colder. All right, there you go. So uh, communities that take part in this planning phase of the program, they'll be able to uh, compete for the larger implementation grants between two, uh, two million and five hundred million. Yeah, I mean, it's big money out there. I, I think there's five, six billion dollars, something that 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 had been set aside by the federal government to be doled out to all these little local governments. I don't know what they're doing yet. Nobody does. It's 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 like we're talking about the building, but not talking about the stories that are inside the building. That's. That's what this is. Well, you know, this is all smoke and mirrors and a bunch of BS. And we've got that thing that's up for debate this week. You know, I, uh, it was just a couple of three days ago that Ryan Alter was out there tweeting about climate change is here, and I'm calling for a an environmental investment plan that could lead to potentially a billion plus dollar bond package down the road. But uh, but again, in all of that, he has yet to say anything that what his plan involves. The city never does. You're right. You're Hang right. On. Hang on a second. A couple of texters are calling Bravo Sierra. On on what? On this audio. So many of us were working as elected officials carrying moldy furniture out of people's homes. Bravo Sierra. (laughs) Listen, I've seen his I've seen his biceps. He can't carry furniture. No, he needed medics there for a, for a, like an eight hour thirst strike last summer. Does anybody really believe Greg Kassar was pulling furniture out of flooded homes? East Austin that had been flooded. I've been too many times in the emergency operations center watching wildfires start slowly approaching our homes. How will the one million dollar grant prevent wildfires? Uh, <laughs> They don't need to give you any, any any specifics. They just need to say, look, we've got we've we've acquired more money. We're going to spend more money and we're gonna spend it on climate change. And that's all that's all they have to say. Earthia Nance. Earthia Nance is an actual name of an environmental protection agency employee. Earthia Nance they said the impacts of climate change felt recently in the Austin area demonstrate the need for aggressive action between neighboring communities. Mm-mm-mm. Here's a quote. Climate shocks multiply and amplify existing risks such as deteriorating infrastructure, stressed ecosystems, and long-standing inequalities. They still haven't said anything, but they are making, I think, I believe they're making a race argument there and somewhere in their long-standing inequalities. I'm sure that's that's what they're getting at. Sunshine is racist? Well, it it, it seems to be meaner cold, to rainy East day. Austin than cold. it does to West Austin. Is that what happens? That's what the on says. a cold, rainy day, the people of East Austin suffer more. Yeah, they, they get wetter. Okay. They get hotter. I, I didn't know colder. that. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't either Cause, until cause, our esteemed city council told us that. Because I'm usually busy uh, being comfortable and warm in my home. That's, that's what I'm doing. And I'm assuming that the people of East Austin are able to get comfortable and warm in their own home, too. What an insult. Every every time this council meets and they say stuff like that about East Austin, what an insult it is to people live, who live in East Austin as though they're not grown adults who, who who can take care of themselves just as well as everybody else. Yeah. I would be I would eventually I would get sick and tired of it. Stop pandering to me just because I live east of, of 35. Here's what the the environmental uh, environmental protection agency spokes uh, spokeshole had to say. She says we're focused on ensuring that communities, especially those who have historically been excluded or overlooked, have a voice in the decision-making table. And this grant will build a strong foundation of work that the city of Austin has already achieved in their climate equity plan. 
I don't know what they're doing to keep the uh, to keep us cool, you know, in the summer and warm in the winter. What are they talking about? It's just all of this. It's just it's just gibberish, is what it is. Well, I do know that you know. Uh, we talked about this. Part of the part of the plan is the full electrification of the entire city of Austin fleet. They want to get everybody, you know, into electric cars or or in some train tube that that take you from you know just one little part of town to another. That, that they want you walking, they want you biking around. So I bet you a lot of the money that they're going to be spending will be stuff like that: batteries, electrification, forcing you out of your car yeah. and onto your feet in a uh, hot summer August day. They dusted the dinosaur Lloyd Doggett off, and he uh, he's quoted in the Austin Monitor this morning. He says, "Anyone who's been around here for the last summer, you know it's too hot. It'll only get hotter if we don't do something and do it quickly." Yeah, it's going to get hot if we don't do something and do it quickly. What are you talking about? How are you going to stop the heat? What is he talking about? Uh, the arrogance of these people. He says it'll get so hot in this area and around the world, it'll become unsustainable for our children and grandchildren. What's well, bound to happen? Your children, your, your adults listening right now, according to Lord Doggett, your children will not have a future if you don't get hand over this million dollar grant money. Think about that. The Democrats, are, I mean, that's that's their whole message right now. If, if Donald Trump is elected, your children will suffer. If Ukraine doesn't get the money, your children will go fight Russians. If we don't get money for the uh, the climate, your children will cook under the summer sun. I mean, that that it's that. If 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 we don't allow your child to have puberty blockers, your children will suffer. It, it's like I, Lloyd Doggett and Greg Kassar, They just come off as somebody like it's it, it's it's like eighteen eighty five standing on the back of a train, selling the elixir to the neighborhood. That's right. Driving, coming through town on the track, standing on the back of the train, selling a bill of goods of a, some sort of a, some sort of elixir that's going to cure your ails. Nigel West Dickens special. Let's see. Uh, Dan is in North Austin this morning. Dan, good morning. What's on good your mind? Morning. Yeah. Gentlemen, uh, the, the Bravo Sierra was appropriate, but more importantly... Do we not teach physical science in the seventh grade anymore like they did when I was in school? Mm. I mean, all of this stuff that these guys are talking about, you learned in school that it was, this is how the planet, this is how the, how the world works, this is how all this stuff works. Trying to tell me that you're going to, like you guys said, change the heat and the cold and stuff. I've never... Greg Kassar is one of the greatest snake oil salesmen that we've seen in a century. This And the, the thing that really blows my mind is, is that are the people in Austin that voted this guy in, are they really that gullible or that ignorant that they don't know that this guy is a clown? Yeah. I, I think I'm blown away. Yes. I, I'm blown away too. I, I, I just chalk it up to I, I think people are just so damn busy they can't they don't have time to pay attention, right? Yeah. Just so damn busy, and then here comes the uh, here comes Greg Kassar and Lloyd Docker to sell us some snake oil. The U.S. Senate has approved a major foreign aid package as a bipartisan group of lawmakers propelled the long-delayed legislation over the finish line after an overnight session. But new steep opposition from the House Speaker Mike Johnson has thrown the bill's prospects uh, in the lower chamber into question. Yeah, the vote on a final passage early this morning on the $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific was uh, 70 in favor and 29 opposed. Yeah, the upper chamber pushed through the, the number of procedural hurdles in recent days remaining in Washington through the weekend despite a planned recess that was uh, set to begin this week. And in fact, here's a quote. 
from uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. He says it's been a long night and a long weekend and a long few months, but a new day is here, and our efforts have uh, have been more than worth it. Today we witnessed one of the most historic and consequential bills to ever pass the Senate. And 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 listen, they'll be back in about six months asking for more. Oh, not even. I bet I give it. Four tops. Maybe. Tops. Yeah. And, and, and if you're just tuning in, yes, $95 billion, none of which is earmarked for you, the American citizen. Wow. And and as J.D. Vance pointed out, uh, this doesn't articulate or, or force the articulation of any kind of strategy on how to end this whole thing to begin with. Basically, what they're getting, they, they, it's just they, they essentially have a blank check in the form of, you know, numerous multi-billion dollars. Sure. Checks. Uh, and, and and I mean, th- this whole thing has gone off the rails. I, I completely agree with that. There's no there's no justification that our that our government would do this. Senator Rand Paul tried to slow it down. Uh, he uh, he kind of had a little bit of a filibuster and he wasted a little bit of time and slowed him down a little bit. He took to the floor Monday to begin filibustering the bill, warning in a lengthy floor speech that they will take the 60 billion to Kiev and crack the champagne bottles open. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly that's that's what's been happening. I'm telling you, there there have there just have to be all kinds of. I mean, I know that we have uh, you know bio labs and stuff like that over there, but there just has to be all sorts of blackmail material that they're sitting on over there from our elected officials in Washington who got themselves compromised in one way or another. Yeah, photos, you know, whatever. It's got to be something like that. This is a bailout for the military industrial complex. Mm. That's what this is. It's certainly going to help. Yeah, let me squeeze in. Let's see. Uh, Mitchell is in North Austin. Mitchell wants to talk about this $1 million Environmental Protection Agency grant. Free money, according to the Austin City Council. Uh, coming this way to Austin, Texas, to help create a climate equity action plan. Uh, Mitchell, good morning. Hello. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what you need to do with that money is how about they take it out there and clean up all the messes these homeless people are leaving all over town. That would affect the climate, now, wouldn't it? It would. It would, it would clean our creeks and streams. Unfortunately, though, yeah. Mitchell, that $1 million, that, that's that's not even enough to, to clean up one it's you know not. one side of town and all of its filthy campsites that yeah. the city is allowed to fester. That, that, that would be a drop well, in the bucket. No, the, yeah, they'll just they'll hire some people to do some research and it'll right. go nowhere. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that they will. Yeah. It is uh, 653. Uh, you could jump in here at 512-836-0590. I guess our uh, U.S. senators, I guess they don't understand that we're $34 trillion in debt. Oh, I think they do. I think oh, they do? I think they just have absolutely no concern well, it, about well, that. Well, if they're, if they're aware of the nation's debt and in, uh, in, in the horrible course we're on, well, that means they're just trying to rape and pillage the boat before it sinks. Yes, indeed. It would appear so. I mean, they certainly aren't out there working for you right yeah. now. All right, jump in at 512-836-0590. Here's Democrat Chuck Schumer. It's certainly been years, perhaps decades, since the Senate passed a bill that so greatly impacts not just our national security, not just the security of our allies, but the security of Western democracy. There you go. The security of Western democracy. That's why we need to continue sending weapons and cash to Ukraine to fight the Russians. But it's, he, a, it's a matter of uh, Western security, he so says. That's all he's got to say, right? He doesn't have to elaborate as to how it's a matter of, of uh, Western democracy 
security? I'd like for him to elaborate, but uh, he's a progressive lefty. I don't think he has to. I don't think he's no. required to by no. his voters, right? I think I think we can all collectively understand that at the bottom line of all of this, it's just they they do not care about this nation, about the taxpayers, about the citizens. You are second, third, fourth, fifth down the rung to all these other nations. They made that abundantly clear. Listen, the Austin Police Department has welcomed 79 new cadets into the academy this week as it continues to face years of, uh, you know, uh, horrible staffing shortages. Some reports put the uh, the staffing shortage above 500. The Austin Police Association President Michael Bullock recently told us here on the Tide and Oz show, everything changed after 2017. Every year since then, we have lost more officers than have hired. You can uncategorically say that the contract is the single biggest influence when it comes to us being able to recruit and retain officers here. Contract talks have uh, remained stalled with the city for months, but this week the city council will consider spending $250,000 to retain a law firm in hopes of re- resuming those talks this year. How about that? Yeah, but but you know, we've got uh, this issue with the uh, the the Austin Police Association from what I understand there. They've asked a district court this week to step in and intervene in this lawsuit uh, that Equity Action has filed over the G file, the confidential personnel records. Right. Because the union says we can't resume contract talks until this is resolved, uh, and, and uh, you know their argument is basically the uh, equity action is is looking to for the city to break state law, Chapter One Forty Three of the Government Code. Right. So uh, I don't see this. I mean, the city can spend it two fifty all it wants, but I don't see this moving. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings five to ten on News Radio KLBJ. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.